Hey y'all, but Now We Said It is releasing our full interviews with all of our Bravo celebrities on Mondays. And today, I have a very special one for you. My full interview with season one's Joe De La Rosa from the Real Housewives of Orange County. We chat about finding love during COVID, her history with Slade and Gretchen, and the honorary friend of the housewives, their sky tops. And don't worry, we also talk about that French maid costume too. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I'm so excited to chat all things Housewives with you. I'm actually what, so excited to be here. What, what's what been going on? The last we saw you on, I guess, our screens was you went to um, like one of the finale parties, I believe, season five, maybe. Yeah. Was that the, probably the last time? Yeah. So yeah. what have you mm-hmm. been up to? Oh, man. I feel like I've lived so many lives since then. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Got engaged a second time, called that off, um, have a <laughs> moved to the city, and um, I've actually been a content creator now since. So I started a YouTube channel, got into the podcast world, um, and now work with brands shooting and creating content on Instagram because LA, city life. Yes. And I, I feel like it wouldn't be like appropriate if I hadn't actually gone into that because I feel like everybody off of a reality show whether you're on the bachelorette housewives you always end up going into content so do you still watch the show so I actually don't and it's so funny because I feel like once everything went down between like Slade and I and breaking up and then he ended up with Gretchen and it was just like a lot in terms of like when I was I was so young I was I think 27 at the time And when you're that age, I feel like I just kind of needed – you handle things differently. And I feel like I needed time away from all of it, from all housewife everything. Because that's a lot of – one of the biggest questions I get asked is like, do you still watch and why don't you watch? And Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, of course, over the years, I've popped in to like peek at an episode or two or whatever, um, but not faithfully and consistently. And so – That's what was so funny talking to you and realizing we were about to do this because I had just shot, I thought it would be so fun to actually, because of my YouTube channel, shoot a reaction video starting from season one, episode one, going through all the different episodes because I genuinely haven't seen like real reaction to season three, season four, and geez, there's like 19 seasons now. So that series can go on forever. So many. Yes. Have you rewatched your seasons? It feels like home movies, to be honest. And it's so funny because I hadn't watched the first episode in a minute. And Mm -hmm. I just shot the first um, episode for for the YouTube channel is the only reason why I just rewatched the first episode literally two nights ago. So I'm fresh (laughs) in my head on like seeing everything. And it's, it's bizarre. I was such a baby. Literally the babiest of baby with the worst eyebrows, worst French manicure. What the hell was I thinking in those sky tops we were rocking? Like, we thought we were so cool. <laughs> so that there's a lot there that I want to talk about. So one, you were 24. I am shook. Like... I cannot like take care of myself at 24, let alone living that whole life. And I truly doing this rewatch, I felt for you so much because I know exactly where I was at 24 and that's exactly what I was wanting. And it was, it was interesting watching 
it almost as a viewer and someone who like remembers, you know, where, you know, I was at that point in life, it almost felt like Slade was trying to guilt you into changing instead of recognizing that you guys were just in like separate places of life at that point, you know? Yeah. And I I do get now like watching it back. I see how it comes off for all the people out there that were like, she's not appreciative of what she has. And how could she go out and party while she has, you know, two kids at home that she's engaged to. But when you're 24, you genuinely are not thinking about that. Like I was thinking they're your kids. Like I, you know, and I know that's a very selfish thought. I'm clear on that now. Cause if, cause if I was dating someone now and I had two kids and they thought that I would kick them out the door faster than they could stay in my house, you know? Right. So right I get right, that right. now, but then you're just thinking of, I want to have fun. I want to go out. I want to live my life. These aren't my kids. Let me do my thing. And that was my headspace, which was a selfish headspace. But also it was a very young and immature space. And that's just where I was at. Also, he knew meeting me, the age gap, like he was 35. I was 24. He threw my graduation party for crying out loud. Oh my gosh. I was hot (laughs) off of college. You know what I mean? So to like insta mom me expectation wise, that was so hard for me where all I wanted to do was go to LA and have fun. Yeah. And be 24. Totally. I understood things that Slade was saying and, and but overall I was more like aligning with you because I'm like I know exactly what mindset I was in and you can't force someone to grow up without experiencing things that they want to or need to experience. You know what I mean? Totally. Like I know Thank I mean, you. I've Thank been you in, for that. <laughs> The next thing I want to ask, sky tops. Okay. So did you wear the sky tops because all the other ladies were wearing the sky tops? Or was that like a thing when you were It was then, literally circa 2000 trend. Like so many For girls like our in age Newport. Too? Yeah. Like so many girls were wearing sky tops back then. It was just kind of like during the summer, everybody wears neon. So everyone gets on the neon train. Back in the 2000s, circa early 2006, everyone wore sky tops. That was the thing. You went out to clubs in them. They were like your dress up going out cocktail date night top. Like they were so hot back then. And I look at them now and I'm like, they look like they could be out of a store from like Texas or something. Like just very Barney. (laughs) Not that they're, hey, shout out to Texas. I love me some Texans. (laughs) But also like, the fashion is so, the vibe is so, everything's bigger in Texas. And I yes. feel like th- that's what those tops represented. Those big jewels, the big jewels. The biggest, gaudiest, unnecessary jewels in the middle of your breast that you do not yes. need to call attention to. Like it was just so over the top. Are you single, dating, um, gray area? I'm, no, it's it's very black and white. Um, I actually met an incredible human being. And it's pretty crazy because we met in the middle of COVID. And I feel like he wasn't looking... I wasn't looking. We both put that on our Hinge apps, like, you know, Mm. because it was during COVID. 
But right. talking together, you know, we would do dates on Zoom, have dinner over Zoom. Like we really got to know each other through a screen before that first meeting. I feel like I was living my own Love is Blind episode. I you was just like, going to say, yeah, this feels Love is Blind. Totally. Because I was like, why am I falling in love with this really cute boy like over a screen? But it's what happened. And by the, by the time, I think it was three months of us doing that before we ever had our first date. So That's we amazing. had already said, I love you. Like we had already, it was crazy. It, it's bizarre. So I'm just sharing that story because I want any listeners to know that like there's hope right now. I know yes. the world's reopening, but like you can find love in a pandemic. Um, I did. And he is, he is so much more than I could have ever prayed for. And Things I didn't even know I needed. Let's jump into the taglines. Do you remember the season one tagline? Oh, the taglines. Let's see. Mine was, he's pretty much keeping me. I think it was. Yes. So embarrassing. So embarrassing. Also, (laughs) totally told what to say by producers. Also, he was pretty much not keeping me. I had my own job. Okay, <laughs> get off me. I yes. have my own bank account, my own money. Were the oranges that you held, were they real? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were They were they real. They were real. Yeah. Um, we actually just commented on that, on the way we were holding our oranges. And I didn't yes. realize this, but I had an eyebrow up that, like, <laughs> I used to think was what sexy, like, what it meant to be sexy. <laughs> in my 20s was to be in pictures and on camera with my eyebrow up. So if you like look at any of my old promo (laughs) pictures for Housewives, there's always me giving some really embarrassing wannabe smoldering sexy look with an eyebrow up. And I'm like, Joe, calm the eyebrow down. It's not cute. It's not cute. So yeah. (laughs) The 2006 eyebrow. Yes. Totally. I, ju- I just found that out recently about myself. So fun Incredible. Fact. Let's get into sort of how it all happened. So I have seen that, is it true, Slade bid at a charity on, like bid $2,500 or something to for a, a role on this new show coming out. Is that how this happened? Yeah. So here's the crazy thing, and I've talked about this before, like at the time, back then, you know... I have ADD, ADHD. I'm listening to what you're saying, but sometimes I'm not here. My brain's somewhere else. Maybe he told me, but I genuinely thought that we had gotten on the show because he got us on the show. Like I thought they were looking for the fifth couple to cast. I did know he was at a charity event and Mm -hmm. how I understood it was they were looking for the fifth couple and they loved that, you know, our different ages and stuff. I completely missed the memo on the part that he actually bought our way in. You didn't know any of the ladies going into mm-hmm. this, correct? No. So the, it was interesting rewatching because as the show has evolved, it's about these groups of women that are friends and are often together and doing things. Whereas this first season, you guys really had your own separate, it was like a docu-series on each family And you guys only got together like maybe two or three times. I didn't even think about that because I didn't realize that it's so different now with like all the dinners that are together. I do see obviously like sometimes Mm -hmm. like a, you know, preview coming up or whatever. And there is a lot of them always hanging out. But yeah, it was very much so like 
our storyline, Gina's storyline, Vicky's storyline, each mm-hmm. of our individual storylines. What was your first impression of each woman when you met them and did that change later? I was really intimidated and I had like, I had imposter syndrome because first of all, I didn't come for money. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I paid my way through school. I had three jobs um, to go to college. Like I, I was self-sufficient. So Going into this world of these women that were like extremely wealthy with like all of these like designer everything, like that just wasn't my world. And then on top of that, add a 20 year age difference between us, right? Just all of that. And then also just feeling like, you know, the conversations that can arise from a wealthy older man dating a younger girl. And perceptions mm-hmm. of she's only with him for his money, which was right. not the case at all. Like, first of all, my boss set Slade and I up um, oh. right out of college. And, like, I was a little mortgage assistant at a mortgage company, and Slade would come in every week. I had no idea that Slade, because, um, like, our mortgage company was his account. He was a title rep. I had no idea he was one of the seven partners of the company. And my boss oh. was like, hey, can you – take my girl out and like teach her the business. And that's how him and I went on our first like lunch, business lunch. He was very fancy, like got a bottle of wine for us at lunch, a couple of appetizers, a couple of different desserts for dessert. Like it's not rocket science for me to figure out that this is not a business thing. Do you know what I mean? So so that's how all that happened. But like everything that happened with him and I was very organic. What was funny to me, and it felt very produced, was when you're walking around and then all of a sudden you approach Kimberly with her group of friends. Was that obviously producer setup, I'm assuming? That was actually, fun fact, my very first scene that I ever shot at Four Housewives by myself. And they told me to come into the bar lobby and like uh-huh. having a cocktail inside and then producers are like, okay, the ladies are outside. You're about to meet them for the first time. And I was like, okay, that's all the prep I got. And they're like, whatever happens, just go with it and we'll, we'll capture it on camera. And I was like, okay, okay, ready, go. And then that was it. Do you know how intimidating it is to, first yes. of all, be at a restaurant by yourself, walk up to a table of like five women and be this little 20-something who doesn't know what she's doing. It was so nerve Do you guys live in Kodo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the line. That was all real and all genuine. And I felt so like, what is happening? But yeah. I think Kimberly yeah. was the a perfect person to do it, though. Because yeah. I'm now like, I truly... Like I said, I had not watched season one in so long. Kimberly is also one that got away. Like, I would love to see you on the show. But Kimberly, too. And she mentions, you know, 85% of the women around here have breast implants. Were you part of the 85% or was that something that... With Slade or pre-Slade or... Pre-Slade. Once again, I I got that on my own dime. (laughs) Oh, yes. Come on, girl. In the community, it was a very normal thing to see a 16-year-old girl, like, bandage with, like, a nose job type thing. Yeah, That must be really challenging growing up in an area like that where you feel like you have to, you know, attain perfection physically. I also feel like it's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. 
type thing, you know, like, well, she got it. Well, she's driving this. Well, she has this handbag. Well, and so everything is always, I need more and more and more. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about LA. Like you can be a girl and pull up to a huge red carpet event in like a Jetta and nobody's going to judge you because it's LA. Like it's just, it's not, I feel like it's so different in terms of just like the, the type of, people and the values, you know, that you get in the city because it's from so many different cultures and people than it is in like Kodo. Like it's very specific what kind of house, car, clothes, and everything you should have. So I definitely, and I even felt that pressure too. And hey, I also was a not a victim, but I um, kind of got caught up, I should say, in that whole world as well. Because yeah. how could you not? It's what you're seeing and living every day. We always like t- comment on Housewives now, like there's like a second season glow up. Whenever they go on their first season, you feel like you probably have like, once you see yourself on TV, you're like, get mo- even more and more, start thinking oh about my image and get self-conscious about things that Wait. none of us see, but maybe you see. Yeah. A million percent. Like I remember feeling so heavy, like seeing myself and feeling like, oh my gosh, you need to lose weight because like how, and again, this was the whole camera thing. Like the camera really does add 20 pounds. And like what I think I looked like when I saw myself on camera, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so much heavier in my head, it really screws with your head. But also that that's just like the thing why I feel like a lot of like body issues and like stuff happen when you are on screen. It's because it does start to mess with your head. And also I would have people, agents, managers, publicists, people I was working with want to feed me diet pills because they wanted me to be smaller. So it wasn't just me looking at myself. It was also like who my team was at the time how I was being guided, you know, because at the height of my career on Housewives, you know, I'm booking billboard campaigns and I'm getting spinoff shows. And there's like so much fame that came from it at the time. There's so much pressure on how you look, you know, that in the real world, like you're, you look like a normal girl, but it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's crazy. But there was back. And again, it's so different now. Like now totally beautiful, big curvy bodies are like embraced. But back then there was a really big pressure. It was either zero or two and anything above that, that those were the times I was living in. So it, it was, it was a lot. What were your expectations of the show going in and how did they match up whenever it aired? I had absolutely zero expectations because at the time, reality TV was not what it is today. Like, really, there was Road Rules and there was Laguna Beach. And then Mm -hmm. there was us. Like, early, And Laguna Beach wasn't really, really reality, you know? Yeah. You guys were real, straight-up reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like... And I and I hadn't watched reality, so this concept of yeah. cameras coming into my house. So I had, no, I just had no nothing. I didn't know what to expect. I did it because Slade wanted to do it, and I was like, "I'll I'll do this thing with you because I love you. Let me be a good partner." But that's it. And when it came out, I definitely <laughs> was like, "Okay, I see what's happening. I'm the party girl here. <laughs> Slade's the good dad." I don't think I realized the repercussions of like what was about to happen to me for like how much hate I was going to get for it in terms of, Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like for the most part, I feel lucky. 
I would say 80% of what right. I experienced was all positive. But that 20%, they're really loud. Those trolls. Yeah. <laughs> those haters, you know? Um, but yeah, and and I saw how it looked, right? Like I'm talking totally. about excess and partying and going out and you've got somebody at home with kids. So I saw how it looked. I didn't realize we were getting painted like that, though, obviously, in right. the middle of it. And again, like, viewers have to remember, we're seeing snippets of your life. You obviously had a lot of moments where you were with the kids, I'm sure. But yeah, you didn't get to see a lot of that. Exactly. No, not at all. Yeah. And also, everybody makes mistakes in their 20s, but yeah. nobody has them documented for all of America. And that was the it, other thing was, I feel like I grew up in front of America in front of all of their eyes. And so, of course, you're going to get to scrutinize and point fingers and be like, gold digger this. Totally. Immature, irresponsible that, ungrateful this, you know, things. But that's not at all what our relationship was. We wouldn't have been together for as long as we were had it really Mm. been like that, let's be honest. He was smart, so was I. Was Slay pretty fame-hungry? Just because of how the trajectory of... It went like you to Lori to back to you to Gretchen. It feels like he is living for a camera. When I was with him, I can only speak for when we were together. Totally. What what I saw with him, no. He was signed with an agent and he did um, do like commercial modeling and stuff like that in LA. Oh yeah, so we I saw like, some of those. Yes, the sit-ups yes, and everything. <laughs> and those His naked shots of him. <laughs> yeah. Those naked shots of him were like some of his modeling campaigns and shots he did. Um, But no, when we were together, it didn't feel that way. What has happened to him since, I'll let everybody else kind of give their opinion. But yeah, for when Mm -hmm. we were together, for sure now. He was very flossy, loved, I feel like the most out of anyone on the show, loved to talk about the price of things, the, the lavish life, which... Again, I don't fault him for that because that's why we're watching. We're watching to see. I want to see all of this. Um, Was he really as wealthy as he was making it out to be? Yeah. Back then he was. Wow. Um, But also, I feel like a lot of that was played up too, right? Okay. So like producers would be like, how much was this? How much was that chandelier you bought? That's why... You actually get me talking on camera on how much my ring was or paid, which P.S. wasn't even talking about my ring. I was talking about something else and they had spliced that together to make it look like I was talking about how much my ring cost and that was not the case. So So, didn't they say like, wasn't like $100,000 or something was what you uh, said? Yeah, but I was talking about a chandelier that I had gone to the store we didn't buy the chandelier, but like I saw the price tag on it and I, and I, and it was really expensive is what I said. And it cost like $115,000. I was not talking about my ring. Well, I, I mean, I was going to get into the ring later, but while we're here, there was a big controversy on the ring. Is that yeah. the same ring that Gretchen has? Oh, is that a thing? No. That was a thing. Everyone was... really. Because she got a canary yellow diamond. They Let thought me... it was my ring? Yeah. People thought what? it like suspiciously looked very similar. When you guys fully called everything off, did you give the yeah. ring back? How does that work? I did not give the ring back, but that was because 
I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying this again, but it's already out there. So I'm just Mm going to say it again. Um, Uh The ring was actually not real. There was really no value to it. So what? How did I not know this? (laughs) Yeah. The ring was not real. So here's what happened. I went on Jeff Lewis's radio show and he asked me about the ring. And he's like, did right. you give it back? Do you still have it? I was like, no, I still have it at like my mom's. I think it's like in her attic or something. He's like, why did you not sell that? And I'm like, yeah, because well, it wasn't real. And when I said that, I genuinely from the bottom of my heart, like it, that is videoed when I say that on camera in his interview, you can see I'm genuinely just caught up in the moment and it comes out. I right. have never revealed that my, my whole life. Like this just came wow. out this November. And wow. I didn't realize it, but it made a splash and it ended up on the front page of page six and then Slade commented and it became a whole thing. And the thing is, is like, you know, I, I did not mean to like be mean about that or like, cause I didn't care. Like you have to understand at 24, I didn't care about diamonds. I didn't care about mm-hmm. any of that. I just cared that this was something really nice that he was doing that he spent some money on and that was great. So he commented. Back to back T. Wow. Yeah. He (laughs) said that I had picked out the ring. That is not true. It's good to know that it wasn't, Gretchen doesn't have your ring then. Because Gretchen definitely doesn't have my ring. Yeah, I still have it. It's on my mom's. (laughs) Real quick, we have to take a break. Do you regret anything from the show or from season one? I feel like I could only be who I am. And so I don't regret like who I was as a person in in the sense of like I was being my most true self in that Mm -hmm. moment and all that I knew. And now looking back, had I wished that I wouldn't have had some of the moments that I did, (laughs) specifically a pink boa and a zebra hat moment (laughs) at the end of the episode... And a French maid moment that, you know, at the end, you know, I do regret those fashion decisions and those costume decisions, but I feel like that's what has made that season and those scenes iconic. I have to say, I watching this season again, ref- this really refreshed my memory on, you know, obviously everything that went down. And I do, again, want to applaud you. I feel like the way you handled a lot of things, I actually think you handled very well. And you you really stood up for yourself. You, like People could look at things as being selfish, but I actually was really proud of you for not backing down to Slade, the part in the garage where he you, you're packing up and leaving and he's like saying like what he wants and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, well, that's not like what I want. Like, that's not me. I'm not, you can go find somebody else that's going to do this and cater to you. Like I have goals. I have, I want my own success. Thank yeah. you. I just feel like, you know, it's really funny. A lot of younger girls, when you're in that stage of your life, sometimes you think that you're chasing the guy with the money that's successful and like, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. But when you get it, just speaking from experience, you really feel like you're then dropped into their world. And totally. all of a sudden it becomes about their world if you don't have your own thing. And so I've always yeah. been really big on like, have your own stuff, be your own person. And if you can fall in love and they happen to have money, awesome. But if not... Right. And you meet an amazing musician or artist or painter or whatever who's amazing 
behind closed doors because he's an artist and passionate, right? Right. You have your own stuff and like you can fall in love for love. They did often show you like walking around aimlessly a little, like showing the loneliness. Do you think that was embellished more or do you truly, like were you really in that state of like, I was really alone? Yeah. um, I feel like those moments you saw on screen were definitely a little embellished in terms of like, walk around, show me what you would do if Slade's not here type thing. In terms of like, those were moments that I actually had to think of to do, right? Like, what would I do if Mm -hmm. Slade's not here? But when the cameras were off, that is how lonely it felt. I mean, I can remember sitting in our movie room, you know, drinking vodka straight out of a bottle because I really did feel trapped. Like, Mm -hmm. in, in moments because I had given up you know, my career and financially at one point didn't have the means to be able to leave. And by then him and I just weren't in a good place. And you do feel stuck or you're sitting there and it's like, is this really the life that I want? And it's a really Mm -hmm. hard decision to make and scary to like up and leave that. And so I feel like a lot of people stay sometimes. And I think that's kind of what happened. I'm assuming in like later in the first season, he takes your license plate off and you drive off and then Slade drives off, runs over his bushes. Drives so off dramatic, Slade. You sped off. You didn't give a fuck. You were like, oh. I'm, oh, I'm getting out of here. I don't care if I don't have a license yeah. plate on. Pull like, me over. I'm out. <laughs> But like you did come back and it was like, that's a moment where it was probably scary. Yeah, I think also for me, I do speak about the scary part of it, but there also was a genuine love there. And regardless of the differences and the fights and the stuff that we had, when I sped off realizing, oh my gosh, is this really over? And having that remorse of like, wait, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't want this to be over. Like, I, I, I do love him. Maybe we can figure this out. And so I feel like it really was like a tug and pull of, okay, I'm young and I'm not happy and I feel trapped with, you know, being an Insta mom. But right. also when I'm not with him, I miss him. I love him. I really want right. to make this work. And so it was really this push-pull that you saw with me, or at least maybe you didn't see, but I felt. In that first season, you see how he seemed to be a very, very good dad. Like, he was incredible. Seemed... Yeah. And that actually, after the show and through the years and through the tabloids, that actually did break my heart to hear and read because all of that is bull crap. Like, mm-hmm. I will stand and defend him to to know, like, I was with him for literally all of my 20s. He is that mm-hmm. dad. Like, that, who yeah. you see on that camera is who he is. So all of the bad dad stuff he got after is a thousand percent not true. And it breaks my heart to this day to still, you know, see or, you know, when I do see stuff um, or read Mm -hmm. stuff about it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, with all these women going after him, I was like, does his penis, like, shoot gold or something? Like, why does this man get everybody in photo? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's very charming and he's very good at taking care of you. So yeah. and making you feel really taken care of and every woman loves that. So that totally. was the charm and the allure behind Slade Smiley. And he's hot. Oh, he was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was very good looking. Especially yeah. in my days. I feel like I yes. got him you like, got top tier you know, Slade. In his mm-hmm. in his prime. <laughs> Were you with him when he still with him when he, I guess, lost everything? I was. So what happened? Because of the show had ended up you know, losing his job because of the 
I guess, perception of, you know, totally. who he was on the show. They didn't like that. And so that's kind of what started everything. It, it and- was hard, but also like your love gets tested in those moments because you really realize like, are you with someone for love? Or for money, because right. if you know, and I was I was with him till the end, and through all the custody battles and everything, like it got really hard for him, and I felt for him. But that really tests your relationship. That's the other reason why I don't feel like anyone should ever marry for money, because literally tomorrow there can be a pandemic, <laughs> yeah, and totally, somebody can lose everything, and what do you have left? I feel like what the show didn't show was like I worked for. A couple, uh, like I was working, right? right? Prior to meeting him. So for the time that we were together and I quit my job was only a couple of months. And then after that, oh. do you know what I'm saying? And then when I started working again. You started a new job midway exactly. through, I think. So, mm-hmm. so the thing is, is that like, yes, he was giving me checks, but it wasn't like he was keeping me type thing. Right. But yes, gotcha. he did take care of me for like a while there, for sure. As far as... The rest of the ladies, do you stay in touch with any of them? And have you, did you stay in touch with Slade at all? When's the last time you talked to him? Yeah. Gina, Lori, Lori's daughter, Ashley, Cara, Shane, all of them. We all keep in touch over social media because that's Uh just easy. Um, I've met up with Gina a couple times for like lunch or dinner or whatever. And the last time I talked to Slade, funny enough, was when all this ring stuff happened and I had actually called him after like 15 years because this whole debacle ended up on People Magazine and I wanted him to know like my comment, what I had told people before it came out because I didn't want any, any like, yeah, or misconstrueness of like, Mm -hmm. you know, what he thinks I said type thing. And I, he picked up the phone and he was with the baby and I was like, Hey, do you have a minute? It's Joe. And he got really quiet. And I was like, um, I just wanted to talk to you. If you have a few minutes, can you call me back? And right after that, he, he was like, I'm with the baby. Um, I can't talk now. I'll call you back. And I was like, okay. Right after that, I called Gretchen, who I also hadn't talked to for this entire time, given what had happened. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I just want you to know, I called Slade, and I'm, I want to give you the respect of knowing that I called him. Also, I'd love to talk to you because it's been 15 years, and I'd love to put all this stuff behind us. Like, we're all right. in the same circle. Let's move on. Neither of them called me back. It's, it's hard because every interview, it's always brought up. Like, Slade and I will always be connected, whether he likes it or not. You know what I right. mean? Because of the show. And so, like, I'm always asked about him. And right. and I am forced to have to comment on stuff. And so it, right. you know, I always try to say positive things. So yeah. Totally. Can't we all just get along? Can I go ahead and ask you some fan questions as well? Yeah, of um, course. Do you still sing? Um, Just karaoke. Uh, just karaoke? Was, yeah, just karaoke for fun. <laughs> so it's really funny. I was never a singer. I just <laughs> sang. Like I was a dancer first and a singer second. And uh-huh. it just, the opportunity happened to come Presented up. itself. Yeah. Is it something you would ever revisit? You know, it's really funny because I've recently had a lot of people start to post on stories and tag me in my old music, which is really weird. <laughs> um, 
fun fact a lot of people don't know, I actually got a publishing deal uh, for songwriting through Sony. And one of the songs that I wrote um, ended up on the hills. And I was, yeah, so I was like, really, you know how sometimes the reality stigma of music careers is like, oh, they got a record deal. So my song went to radio. Um, my music video ended up on MTV and I went on tour. I had Mikey Minden from Pussycat Dolls as my Yes. yes and now Mikey. from, he's on Beverly Hills now. Yes. Yep. yep. And oh my God. I remember opening and going to the House of Blues, I think in New York. And it was Joey Fatone was hosting. I opened with Lady Gaga, who was not at the time was not as big as she is now. Cause this is again, like 15 years ago. So like, I was really doing the music thing there for a while. Right. And a lot of people never saw that because the cameras went off. Yeah. Do you wish you would have been on the show longer? I walked away because Slade and I had broken up and my love of the city and wanting to finally move to LA to chase my dreams was all I was focused on. So any regrets? No, because everything literally ended up as it should. The one mm-hmm. thing I do wish... If I could have mm-hmm. one thing changed is that Instagram was a thing back then because oh. it's crazy now. If you're on one season of a show, The Bachelorette, those girls mm-hmm. come off that show with like almost a million followers, right? So a lot of oh, people yeah. will be like, why don't you have a bigger following on Instagram? Like, I'm surprised you're not at like a couple mil. And it's because of that. There was no Instagram when I was on that. I'm so dating myself right now. <laughs> On the show, you said you were talking about how you get emails from fans. And I was laughing because I was thinking that doesn't happen. Like, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you where to find one of the housewives email addresses. Totally. And that is the whole thing of why I started my YouTube channel and the podcast documenting my journey of like, I called it the influencer project. Cause it was like, mm-hmm. how does a react former reality star come back after 15 years in the middle of social media And you don't realize that now it's all about the numbers, like brands, deals, it's bananas, anything you want to do. And so that is definitely part of my journey right now as I'm building. Have you been approached since your departure to return the show in any capacity and which season, if so? Uh, Not to be like on one of the seasons because I don't live in Orange County anymore. Right. But I still do get like invites, like, you know, Andy, I've been on his show watch mm-hmm. what happens and getting invited to like the 10 year reunions and stuff like that. Yes. So I feel like once, once family, always family. What's your secret to not aging at all? It's skincare and a lot of whiskey. No, honestly, um, I feel like Latin skin is definitely helpful. Olive complexions are a little more mm-hmm. not as forgiving, but I definitely do have my little fine lines. You just can't see, but, um, Really good skincare, really good facials. Botox has definitely helped. And then sometimes I'll do a little Juvederm down the sides of my um, laugh lines. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those two little things, if you are into cosmetic anything, makes you look youthful and keep your natural glow. You're now dating this guy that you're madly in love with, your fairy tale. Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? What do you see for your future? Definitely. Um, I 100% want to get married and have kids. Um, I feel like I've lived a very different timeline than most because I know by now, you know, most girls, women are married with kids and all that. But I just have a very unique story of what I was trying to do. Um, But yeah, I want to get married, have babies. 
put those little rugrats on Instagram and monetize the crap out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Would you be interested in doing like a season one OC reunion, like what they did with the real world New York? I didn't see that. They brought back the original real world cast members and they did sort of like a reunion. Yeah, that'd be super fun. Do you feel Gretchen broke the girl code when she got with Slade? And do you regret having her at your video shoot? Oh, um, I mean, I, I, I do feel like she broke girl code. I mean, you know, it, it, it is something that I have talked about before and, but no, I don't regret having her at my video because at the time we were friends. That's very adult. Listen, we've, we've grown up a lot. At the time we were friends and I loved her and I wanted her in my shoot. A little later on, some things happened and you know, now we're where we're at. Life happens. How involved would you say production was in everyone's storyline, friendships and drama during your time on the show? I think that was one of the beauties of the original seasons. Like Mm -hmm. the original, this first season was like, it was really us just living our life. And mm-hmm. whatever producers captured on camera, they would then take that and create the storylines out of it. Right. Um, so there really wasn't, other than, I would say it was more of a gently guiding versus like- And it's like, still that way, mostly, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Like, because when I, anytime I've been to filming events, it is fascinating to watch the shows get made like that. Get made. You'll like, you'll hear producers say like, so-and-so is going to go talk to so-and-so. Yeah, you know, cameras go that way, you know, or they may go up to someone and say, hey, they're over there talking about that. You might want to go. It's nothing that's like they're telling you to say or do something. They're just right. guiding. They know what's happening around them. So they may just move it along. So that's good exactly. to hear because we want to see most reality. Shane, did you guys ever hook up? Shane and I, while I was with Slade, did not ever. I know. What about without? We- Slade, did you guys no. hook up? <laughs> no. Oh. No, there was there was definitely always a flirtation there, for sure, and an attraction. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he was definitely really cute, but yeah. He's hot. Hot. He, he, yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that awkward at all with, because in, in the later episode when he came over for rabbit hunting, you were like flirting with him. Was it awkward at all with you and Gina? After that? No, Gina was never... It's so funny because, like, as much Shane Joe stuff as, like, we got so much of that and people always, like, Gina Mm -hmm. never, ever would say anything or, like, comment to me. Like, she was always just so cool about, like, whatever. So, yeah, it was never talked about among Gina and I. I feel like Vicky would have been... A different story. <laughs> for sure. Vicky would have for sure been vocal and been like, why are you trying to flirt with my son? I didn't know the backstory on this at all, but someone asked, did Gretchen own your record label? Yeah. So she didn't own my record label. What happened was my producer at the time was a big producer who produced um, Ashley Tisdale. And he had a lot of Queen. Really big. Yes. He had a lot of really big <laughs> pop artists on his on his in his catalog basically okay. he ended up selling that catalog and Slade and Gretchen I guess bought it and I am one of the his artists on that catalog so oh. technically they now own the music wait they own your music that is how i understand it yeah 
I obviously have never performed anything right. since. So like royalties or anything like that. But yeah, like the catalog of actually songwriting and the music and everything that was produced by my producer sits now with Slade and Gretchen. So that's what that was about. Which is why if we came out with an album, we coming out with the second album. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Independently produced and owned. Yeah. Thank you if so I... much, Joe. This is oh, I had like so awesome. Much fun. I had, I had so much such fun. a blast. And thank you all for listening to this special bonus track. But now we said it, we'll be releasing our full extended interviews on Mondays. And as always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the pod. 